0: Next Friday night, um, there is a service, a Good Friday service, uh, 7 o'clock at S. Arch Thompson. Uh, I know King's House is involved because Mark is the one who invited us as a church to participate, but I just want to encourage you guys to go. I don't know that I know Jack won't be able to go, and we've got to go to the city Thursday for his checkup. So I'm hoping I'll be in a condition Friday evening to go to the service because it's important. There's five or six churches coming together um, to just worship and celebrate what Jesus has done. Mark made sure to include in his invitation, there will be no preaching. So it's not, it's not one church, you know. He said this morning there will be communion. Yeah, there will be oh, okay. communion and uh, prayer and worship. So it's going to be a really good service to be at, but even more important than that, it's good for this town. Mm-hmm. Uh, when churches start coming together... Um, and working together, worshiping together, then things start happening Mm -hmm. um, in the spirit realm. And so I just want to encourage us all to go at 7 o'clock, S. Arch Thompson, Friday night. The next announcement is that um, I appreciate Sherry taking over the prayer for... The Wednesday nights that I've been gone. I'm going to be back Wednesday night and we're going to um, continue to pray but we're also going to have uh, a short Bible study Um, and and it's not going to be me teaching y'all. It's going to be us sitting down looking at the word and sharing what God's saying to you. We're going to Uh, be in the book of Galatians and uh, so just read the first few verses we're not gonna you know take a long time but I just felt we've got some uh, folks that come I I think they're here today but that uh, need the structure of the word put poured into them so they're gonna have that opportunity if they come on Wednesday nights try to encourage uh, people that aren't here today to come and uh, so we'll have a short Bible study we'll pray we may do worship I I mean we're just going to follow Holy Spirit okay everybody got that Galatians first five or six verses Okay I want I want to give you one more report. A couple of weeks ago, Rachel uh, had a cat scan done and they saw a shadow on her liver. And based on what she knows about uh, the type of cancer that she has dealt with, she... Knew that if it was a tumor, she wouldn't be with us for long. So they did an MRI to, to see if that was a tumor. And we were just kind of held in suspension until Tuesday of this past week. And she had, she said, I'm, I'm believing. I'm believing I'm going to live but I feel like I need to make preparations for Derek's sake in case I I don't. I mean, she was making lists, telling him what photographer to use for Jackson's senior pictures, and she was ministering to me in the event that she went on ahead of me. And so that was a tough few days. And she called them, finally, Tuesday. I never had called her. And they said, well, there's nothing there. <laughs> she said nothing. She said the only thing we can guess that the CT scan was seeing was clips that had been left when you had a gallbladder surgery. She said, that's the, they said that's the only thing we can figure that it was, but there's nothing there now. So, Jack and I hooped and hollered, scared the dogs, praised the Lord, and I'm very thankful today still walking through this this journey but God has been faithful to her every step of the way so we serve a good God (laughs) let's
1: just all stand to our feet and just just say hello to Jesus thank you for being among us and with us and in us, through us, around us. You are so good and loving. You are kind. You're encouraging. You always have our best interests at heart. You always see the hope. You always see the good. You are full of love and light. and There's no shadow of turning in you. We thank you, Jesus, that your will is to heal. Your will is freedom. Your will is wholeness in your spirit. Your will is that we come to the knowledge of the glory
0: of you. Yes, Lord.
1: We thank you, Jesus, that you are bringing us ever closer, Lord. That today in this present moment, it's one more moment that we are with you and know you and see you more clearly than we did a few minutes ago or yesterday, God that in this moment, Lord, nothing else matters but being before you, you seeing us and us seeing you, Jesus. And we're just here to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you made a way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. We're listening to you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Your goodness is overwhelming, Lord. Your mercies are tender and new every morning, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
2: Jesus. Beautiful is the Lamb who was slain, who was broken and carried by shame. He took my past and he gave me his name. Beautiful. name. Beauty You conquered sin, hell, death, and the grave. Jesus, Jesus, all oh, that through you, all the earth will be saved. You're the beautiful one. Beautiful one beautiful one we worship you Jesus we worship you Jesus Did You've seen them all you still call me friend cause a God
0: you can do
2: anything my eyes will see your glory my eyes will see your glory you can do anything you can do anything do anything my eyes to see your glory my eyes to see, see your glory the day we'll see you glow
3: That was that was good. Check. Okay. <laughs> You're alright. we John pretty hard around here. Keeping up with all of us. Non-tech guys. <laughs> oh. Man, that was good. That was good to celebrate. It was, I was excited to come today to celebrate with Miss Kay. I was glad she was getting to be here today celebrate the good news that, that we're hearing and continuing to hear. Um, some of you guys that remember, I had a, a friend that was the, they're the pastors at the Heartshorn Assembly of God, Scott and Jamie Horseman. And then, uh, this last week, I think it was this last week, actually, she got to ring her bell for the last thing of chemo. And they believe that everything has been, that they've cleaned and everything's, everything's looking good for her. And so just continue to pray. I think one thing we, we need to pray for, um, As we continue moving into this, um, um, we're really kind of leaning more into the word that we've heard that a cancer-free zone. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of people that are getting that report cancer-free. But we have to realize, too, that after they go through chemo and they've been through that, their body is, there's no immune system there. And so we need to continue to pray for that, that that restoration, that healing will come and that, that, that the effects of the chemo will do what it was supposed to do and the effects on the body will minimize what it's supposed to do because then that's where we have a lot, we've seen a lot of different things in the past where, and I know in our, in our person, our family, we had that, my aunt, she had uh, cancer. They give her, as my grandpa would say, a clean bill of health. They told her she had no cancer, and then it was a few months later she passed, but it was actually because of pneumonia because it was, she just didn't have the immune to, at that point to fight it off. And so, so we're seeing that, and, and people get discouraged because of that. You know. And so let's, let's continue those prayers moving forward that as we hear these cases and the people that we're specifically praying for that that would just continue to come back. I just was, was feeling that. Um, so lots of praise reports going on. This week is the beginning of, and I'm going to read familiar scripture today. Um, um, I don't think I have to come up with anything to preach because, I mean, the life and the story of Jesus is, he's preached it already, amen? So today is, um, we call it Palm Sunday. We've celebrated this for for years. The church has celebrated Palm Sunday as the day of that Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem triumphantly. And um, most of your King James Bibles and different things will say the triumphant entry of Jesus. And we were going to we kind of dig deeper into that a little bit. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all three have several accounts. And I was looking at this earlier, and I'm not really for sure what the significances of these are. Uh, of, but in the book of Matthew, you'll find That um, right before that happens, the the, the, mind says two blind men confess Jesus as Lord. The book of Mark, right before that happens, um, a blind man believes. So it's a different account that a blind man believes before that. Uh, In the book of Luke, uh, we see here that right before the story of Jesus comes, that we see uh, it's the parable of the minus. It's the parable of those who, and he begins to say those who have, a little will be taken away from and given to those who have a lot. And so we begin to realize he's not just talking about, he's not talking about money there, but he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about the revelation that you've been sitting on and didn't do anything with. It'll be pulled away and I'm going to give it to somebody that can use it. In the book of John, we see here and I love the book of John, uh, the book of John before he tells the story of Jesus triumphant is the story of when he raised Lazarus from the dead and then the next part of that after that is Jesus's triumphant entry. And so, um, that's just some food for thought for you guys to kind of dig in. And, and I, I like kind of looking at that and comparing the different, the different things there. Um, and so today we're going to read the story out of Matthew and we're going to go back and forth and, and maybe hit a little bit of John because they tell it, each one of them tell the same story, but there's a little bit different things going on there. And so, um, however that you see it, the blind man, he come out, uh, the two stories, Matthew and Mark, tell of, of blind men that were received sight, and then Jesus' triumphal entry. I believe that when you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are different perspectives, and I think that it maybe each one of us fall underneath an idea of each perspective. Maybe to us, we were blind, and literally, we all know that amazing grace. I once was blind, but now I see, and and maybe that was us, or maybe we are the ones that Jesus is talking to in the book of Luke that the Bible is talking about. Maybe we've had revelation that we haven't used, and maybe we have uh, we, we've we've kind of set along. We've kind of gotten religious. Is basically what he's telling them is is the religion that you've set up and established. Is, is about to be taken. And we're going to pull that away and we're give you something new. And we're going to include a lot of other people in this. And so maybe we need to be rattled even in our religious understandings of things to say that needs to be moved away and see Jesus in a clear view. The book of John says that, that Lazarus was dead. Maybe you're dead. Maybe there are some people out there that need to hear the resurrection power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And wherever that we fall, that's what I love about the gospel. You can preach it and it covers everybody and everything. And so, um, I, I feel like preaching today. I'm just going to warn you today. I feel like that the Lord is just, um, I, it's just hard to not get excited about, about this time of year. I, I've said this time ago. This is the year that separates our religion from any other religion. No other religion claims resurrection power. No other, no other religion claims, and I've said it before, we believe in a man that was raised from the dead, and this is the beginning this week as we look. I want us as a church as as a body to begin to each day begin to look and maybe read the stories from here on out to the day of of, of Good friday the when they uh, when they crucified Jesus. There was a lot that happened between between this and Friday that he began to happen begin to interact in that walk that he had as he walked his way to the cross, as he lived life. And and this was the beginning of that, of that moment. It says in verse, in Matthew 21, sorry, Matthew 21 and verse one, um, we're going to, it's where we're going to read this and and we're going to get over here to a, a very familiar part of it, of, of what they begin to cry out. Uh, the different writers had a different way of saying it. Uh, they told the story, one added some different things than the other one did, um, but we're going to begin to look, maybe we're not going to read all of them, but I'm going to read this as a, as a point, and we're going to go from there. Also, this week, if you are reading the uh, triumphant entry, also read Psalms 118. It goes with what we're going to talk about today, and that's uh, His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. And one of the things that I, when you were talking about that Rachel was, was preparing to, to leave us, but she said, I'm going to live, I feel like I'm going to live in Psalms one eighteen is where David proclaims, "I will live and not die, because because the right hand of the Lord has been valiant." Is the way he says, "Valiantly has done valiantly the right hand of the Lord." And and I believe that the Lord is showing us in this time and age that His right hand is is valiant. He has done valiantly things for us. He can look at our own life and realize, "Man, what what have you what have you not done in my life?" This is a moment. This week is a moment of reflection as we go into a time of preparation, a time of Good Friday, and a lot of the celebrations that we'll see this week. Uh, a lot of the churches still do the sunrise service, which I, I like, and they, they get there early as the sun's coming up, and it's a reminder of those as they begin to, to go to Jesus. Anyway, uh, Matthew 21, verse 1, it says this, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Beth, uh, Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite of you, And immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her, loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So Jesus' disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and colt, laid their clothes on them, and set set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. We see here in this story that Jesus tells him, there is something that you're going to find. There's going to be a donkey, and there's going to be the foal of a donkey, and I want you to go and bring that to me. Now, he says, when they ask you, why do you need this? You tell them, the Lord has need of it. Now, this is something that they had done for generations and generations. Because at this very moment, at the same time, when Jesus was coming in, the priests would have been coming back to Jerusalem from Bethlehem, after selecting a sacrificial lamb to bring back. Now every year they did the exact same thing. They would bring that lamb and they would walk over and say to the person on this coat, the Lord hath need of it. They would give them this coat, this, 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 this donkey, and they would lay their coats on it. They would lay the lamb over that coat and they would walk him down the city of Jerusalem, the streets of Jerusalem to the Temple Mount. Now, when they did this, every year, year after year, when they would do this, when the priest would walk into the city gate, you would see lined along the, 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 the street of Jerusalem all the way to the Temple Mount, there would be palm branches, there would be coats ready because the people were preparing for their sacrificial lamb to come into the city and when that they would walk in, the priests themselves would begin to cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna in, to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Now, interesting thing that when they would begin to say this, the whole city would begin to erupt in celebration because what was walking in front of them was their sacrificial lamb for the year. And they would take their branches and they would lay it in front of them as, as, they, as the priests would walk along here with their sacrificial lamb. They were going and there would probably, at one time I heard, I say said there would probably be almost like 500,000 people in the city. And that when they would start at the gates, it would just erupt all the way down and people would begin to celebrate. And those that, that were kind of in the house would come out. And they would lay their palm branches so that they could see the sacrificial lamb coming in. Now, Jesus told him, you're going to find a colt. This is something that's going to happen and what you see here is Jesus walking into Jerusalem at the same time that the priests are coming from Bethlehem with their sacrificial lamb and they see Jesus on this donkey that they are doing and their disciples, one of the, uh, I I think it's John or Luke, maybe, maybe John, one of them says that the disciples begin to say, Hosanna to the son of David. Uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when they said that, the whole city began to erupt in celebration. And we walk it in. And so when they first walked in, Jesus is sitting on this donkey and he's walking down the street and everybody's excited. But when he comes in, they're like, Yay, our sacrificial. Wait a minute. Who is this? Who is this sitting on this donkey? This isn't a lamb. Now, did you hear where I said that the priests would leave the Temple Mount out of Jerusalem? They would go to Bethlehem. Bethlehem was knowing, known for one thing during that time, raising sacrificial lambs. That's where they would go, inspect, this is the one we want, they bring it back, set it on, and the whole city would begin to erupt. This is why in one of the scriptures, one of the accounts, the Pharisees run up and said, tell these guys to shut up, this is blasphemous. And Jesus made the statement, if these keep quiet, the very rocks will begin to cry out. Now, this wasn't saying that if you keep quiet now and this worship, the rocks are going to cry out and worship. What Jesus was saying was, this is so set forth. The time has come and the fulfillment of time is so here that if these crowd right now shut their mouth, the very rocks would begin to cry out. Because this is an appointed time and I am the Messiah and I'm walking down. And so people are, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're laying down and they're going, who is this man. We begin to see the triumphant entry as he, walks in, as, he, as he walks into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and people are laying their palm branches down. They're throwing their coats down. They'd been doing this for year after year after year and all they were waiting for, they were waiting for the sound. They were waiting for somebody to say, Hosanna, here comes the Messiah, here comes the sacrificial lamb, here comes our atonement for the year. And the people down there, they were running out and they were just slanging, yes, it's come. we're ready for the celebration. Who is this coming? So the whole city was asking, who is this? Let's go deeper into this. Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna literally means save now. Save now, save now, son of David, save now, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna, save us in the highest place that we can think of, save us, we need salvation, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this, so the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee, I want to read a commentary to you. And I want us to see if we are there in this moment. The triumphal entry is celebrated by the church on Palm Sunday. By Jesus' time, Jewish nationalism had begun to rise. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Listen to this. Leading to expectation of a political messiah. Jewish leaders looked for a national king who would deliver them from the Roman yoke and reestablish David's kingdom. Many Jews wanted a king like Jehu who shed much blood and who would not hesitate to use the sword for the realization of naturalistic dreams. Many Jews wanted a king like Jehu who shed much blood and who would not hesitate to use the sword for the realization of naturalistic, nationalistic sorry, nationalistic dreams. They wanted Jews to rule. And they wanted somebody that would come like David and like Jehu, who was not afraid to sling blood, who was not afraid to cut somebody, who was not afraid to pray, Lord, let, you, let me see, kill my enemies and let me watch them. Let me watch you do it. Others respond to the messianic signs of Jesus, especially the raising of Lazarus, expected more. In humility, Jesus shows he has not come to reestablish the earthly kingdom of David. He does not ride in a chariot, but upon a donkey, an animal of peace. There is no mere earthly king, but the king of glory who has come to reveal the kingdom of of God, Thus the church sees the son of God entering not the earthly Jerusalem only, but more importantly, the celestial Jerusalem to establish his reign and his kingdom. He is taking the new Jerusalem to himself as a pure bride and the children celebrate his entrance as if it were a marriage. The increase of his peace and government will know no end. Not his reign of terror. Not more blood being shed. But when we begin to see this, we begin to see that they were looking for somebody to say, come and sling. some." This is why Peter, when you see him at the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter was, a, he was a zilliot. He was a nationalist. He wanted to kill the Romans. That's why he was ready to fight. We see that, right? And when Jesus, they said, who is this man? And everybody falls back. Paul, or Peter pulls a sword and cuts somebody's ears off. He says, "Yes, this is it. This we can't lose with this guy." Do you see? These guys are on their backs, right? Who is this man? We begin to see that that uh, as as Jesus has come, he changed things. As we look this week, we 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 have to begin to look and begin to see that that that. I heard of someone say this week that love is, the, is in the shape of the cross. Because we see that Jesus takes, we, we see so many things from this point on. We see so many quotes from him. We see where Jesus says, no man taketh my life unless I choose to lay this life down. Unless I choose to lay it down. I mean, uh, 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 Caesar, Caesar said that, don't you know I can take your life if you want to? And he says, God's not give, you don't have any power unless God's given it to you. But you can't take my life because I'm here to lay it down sacrificially. Years ago, there was a sermon preached. that made the statement of uh, men or sinners in the hands of an angry God. A very famous sermon. But what we see here in the scriptures as Jesus is going to the cross is we see God in the hands of angry sinners. And we see this week, we are seeing probably the most, the most pure vision of God that we can see of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. A God that is co-suffering. A God says that says not. this is not my fault that I'm here, but I've shown up so that you can return and so that you can come back. So that your eyes will be open. You may be blind like the blind man in Mark and in Matthew. You may be like the two blind men. He said, but I'm going to open your eyes. You may be uh, 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 like Luke, the the, the religious, and you think you've got it all figured out, but I'm here to come to show you that there's more. There's a relationship. It's not just about rules and regulations anymore. It's not just about you do all the things right and you do all the works and, and that's what gets you in. He said, no, but it's going to be about faith. I'm going to take you past religion. I'm going to take you past rules and regulations. And yeah, there are still things in our hearts that we have to do right from wrong. But he said, I'm going to take you past that. And I'm going to take you back to the garden where you were created just to know me. And as you know me and you find me, you find yourself. And as you find yourself, you're able to walk in this world. And you're able to to do the things that I've asked you to do. To do the things that I've commanded you to do. To do the things that I walk with you and I talk with you. And I want to commune with you. Maybe. Maybe you're just like that, that vision of, of John. We see Lazarus in the tomb three days he was dead. Right before he, he comes into Jerusalem, he, he raises Lazarus, and according to John, he raises Lazarus from the dead, which was an interesting thing in itself. Because the, 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 the Pharisees, they believed, they had a belief that, that, that the soul didn't leave the body until three days after, anyway. That it was on the fourth day, you raise, a bed, you raise a body before three days, wasn't a big deal because the soul was still hanging around. Ever wonder why Jesus stopped and said, we're not going to go yet, he's asleep. But on the fourth day, he showed up. <laughs> on the day that he did, they didn't expect him to do, he showed up and they said, he stinks by now. Surely, surely the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that triumphal entry that we see. He comes into our lives triumphant. Some of us were blind, some of us religious, some of us have been dead and some of us have been dead so long that we stink. Some of us, when God found us, we weren't, we, nobody wanted, we, I, I told people I was the most miserable human being. I didn't even like myself, but God said, roll that stone away, roll the stone away. And, and, and he called us by name. Love that. He said, you take taken my shame and you gave me a new name. You, you called me by my name, not the name. Yep, my name's Brent, and, that, and there's been lots of people that have said my name. There's my wife, I know when she says my name. My kids, I know when they say it. My mom, when she says my name, it, it just has a ring. But there was something on the day that when I heard him call my name, Ronnie, that he triumphantly came into my life and he said, Brent, I'm here. And I've said before, he didn't come with his hand raised to smack, but he came with his hand out and said, just take a hold because it has not entered in your mind, nor have you seen what I have prepared for you. He wasn't talking about heaven. He was talking about, I've got things prepared for you now. You can't even imagine how happy you can be. You can't even imagine how healed you can be. You can't even imagine how much peace that you will have. If you will grab a hold of my hand, I am triumphantly coming into your life. Hosanna. Woo. Mm. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest is the way Luke reads it. Luke says, and some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. This is something that's been set in motion from the beginning of time, and you can't stop this. See, the cat had already gotten out of the bag. (laughs) Jesus had already walked down the middle of that, and he was already on a donkey, and the people were already worshiping God. The people were already saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The messianic prophecy was being fulfilled before their eyes, and the Pharisees could not stop it. woo because we know the rest of this. This is just the beginning. This is Palm Sunday. This is the Sunday we celebrate that he rode into Jerusalem. But thank God it didn't stop there. He went on Good Friday. They they they, they crucified him. But thank God he didn't stop there. They put him in a tomb. But Thank God he didn't stop there. He resurrected on the third day. Thank God he didn't stop there. He said if I must go because the Holy Spirit will come. And it will be a comfort to you. Thank God he didn't stop there he got on a cloud and he said heaven please and before he left he said I will not leave you or forsake you I will send the spirit before you you will be endued with power from on high when the Holy Ghost comes upon you thank God he didn't stop there and on on Pentecost Sunday they were in the upper room and the, the Holy Spirit fell and they began to break out and he said now but thank God he didn't stop there Thank God that that message has gone all around the world. Thank God that message is going through, I believe right now, is going through every street of McAllister, every county of Oklahoma, every, every back road, every county, every, every dark hollow, every dark draw, every dark saddle that is in this area. The light has come. Glory to the Lord that the light has come and it is shining bright. It's shining bright right now. And the church, the true church... Not Christianity, but the church is standing strong. Christianity's is taking a blow. Christianity is coming and found holes and found religion in it. And he says, you need to come to me, but thank God that the church that Jesus built, the church upon which he told him, he said, blessed are you, Simon Peter, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father which are in heaven. And upon this rock, upon the revelation of who I am, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Cancer can't stand. Alcoholism can't stand broken families can't stand sin darkness cannot stand it cannot stand because jesus we're seeing today that he's on his way to the cross and thank god he's already been on that cross the bible says he will not have to die again Woo! the bible tells us that he's resurrected seated at the right hand of the father making intercession for you and i Golly, this is good stuff. I get excited. <laughs> I love it. As a preacher, this is this is easy. This is easy preaching. Because it's built in. It's already preaching. And he's preaching it today. His, his message is preaching it. I, I love the story of there's... Uh, I follow different things on Facebook and there's a lot of people trying to disprove this and they're trying to say, oh, this, that, and that. And, and some of them, you know, you look and go, Got pretty good arguments. you know, I can't, I can't go against that. But the one thing that they can't get rid of is the story of Jesus. One thing that they can't, they can't shake is is that history is built around Jesus. One of the things that drives people crazy, and, and a lot of the people that are trying to disprove it, is even in our history books. Even worldwide, the way that we talk about history is two sides of the coin, before Christ and after death. (laughs) He is the central focus of, I believe, of... Of history. He is, he's, he's built into that. And we see, we've been talking several weeks now uh, about Christ. He is in one. And the book of John says that, that, he, was, uh, uh, that he was the word and the word was God. And that he created the world. And nothing that was created was not created without him. He's been around from the very beginning of time. And in this moment, this story is one of my most favorite stories because it tells when the f- fullness of time be- becomes. And Jesus rides in on a donkey. He didn't come in on a chariot like David and Jehu. He didn't come in with with robes and with everything, but he came on a donkey, which is an animal of peace. He came walking in on an animal of peace. He didn't come in as the Romans did with judgment and with war. But even in the old covenant, he came in under the mercy seat. Even in the old covenant, which we would say that's the harshest, most strict rule thing, he said, I'm still going to put, even in this, I'm going to put in there the ark, the mercy seat. And that's where I'm going to meet with you. That's where I want to commune with man. So many things is going to happen this week. I encourage you this week to begin to read this story of what happens from here on out to the point. John looks, uh, all these are really good. John talks about, goes into, in between then, he talks about uh, John 3, uh, 10, 15, 16, 17. All of those begin to talk about his, his entry as he, goes to, to, as he goes to the cross. The cross, love is cross-shaped. And we see Jesus on a cross. Friday, it's, I, I'm excited to gather with the, with, with the churches in this community and pray and, and worship together and take communion this week, as, you, as, as Friday comes, and, and, and I'm sure that they'll, they'll probably quote it as they take communion, but one of my favorites is when John says that Jesus said, I have looked forward to this one. I've looked forward to this Passover for a long time. <laughs> this is awesome because he's saying, because what is he telling me? He says, take this blood. Take this bread. It's my body. It's my blood in the new covenant. I'm making covenant with you. And all we have to do is receive. All we have to do is receive. We've known and we've been teaching for a couple weeks now. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We begin to see that the book of Colossians, I believe, that says that, that while Christ was on the cross and while he was going through everything he was going through, God was reconciling the world back to him, imputing not their sins against them. Jesus says it and sums it up perfectly. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. They haven't yet tasted yet, Lord. And when they do, when they find out how good I am, it's going to be communion. It's going to be relationship like they've never known. Ears have not heard and eyes have not seen. Nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them look at communities in the cities and say, that's oh, a dark place over there. That's dark. That's, that's an evil place over there. And there may be evil actions going on there. But we have to look and go, I ear have not heard and eyes have not seen yet. Nor has it entered into their heart what the things that God has prepared for them. That is a gospel of power. That is a gospel, that is good news. It carries weight. It carries joy. It carries peace. And I believe it carries the stamp and the approval of Jesus Christ. You will be endued with power when it comes on, when, when you are filled with, the, when, you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Sorry. <laughs> and I believe what we felt today as we were worshiping. I believe what we felt today was that power of the Holy Spirit falling on us. I don't know about you, but I felt Elevated into a place. As we simply just worshiped, as we simply celebrated what God had done and our what God has done for us, the stories of testimonies that we heard, of how we, we celebrated and we just declared life. And we declared, God, you are the God of life. And Jesus said that you have life and life more abundantly. This is the power of the gospel. The power unto salvation is Jesus Christ. The man who hung up on a cross. The man who today we celebrate. He came into Jerusalem. And as you begin to see, I told you, the priest would put the lamb over the donkey. They would walk him into Jerusalem. And the people of Jerusalem would, would shout. They would, they would celebrate. Throw palm down. They would say, "Bless uh, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They would say all of that, and that was something they had done for years and years and years. They were preparing for their Messiah, for the, the ultimate sacrifice. And as, they would, as the, the Pharisees would bring him through the sea, they would take him to the temple mount. They would go to the temple, and for the rest of the week, they would, they would, they would look at him. They would begin to inspect him. Each people would go over him and look at him. And they would look around, they would find him to see if they could find spot or blemish on him. And as we see Jesus walks into Jerusalem, he begins to reveal himself as the Messiah. And if you study this in the, in the Gospels, you'll find that they begin to inspect him. They begin to say, we got to get rid of this man. One of them says, and I think it was maybe Luke, or maybe Mark, one of them says, what are we going to do? There is no stopping him. He says, the world is going to him. <laughs> I was reading that this morning, I was like, I've never caught that. The Pharisees it's out of the bag now. We've got to do something. And and actually we're too late because the world is going to him. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Because I won't be with you on Friday and as you guys read that, at the same time that Jesus, whenever, when, when Pilate walks over and says, I can find no fault in this man. At the same time he's doing that, The Pharisees and the priests were expecting this this lamb. And they would literally say those words. There's no spot. There's no blemish. I find no fault in this lamb. We are able to take him and sacrifice him now. (laughs) For generations and generations, when the sacrifice, when the the priests would get through the sacrifice and had, had done everything at the altar, he would turn... And he would look at the people waiting on him, and he would say, it is finished. And they knew in that moment they would go and tell people, God has accepted the atonement. He's accepted the sacrifice. And we see good Friday, Jesus says, it is finished. And he hung his head, and he died. What a beautiful, beautiful story. I encourage you to share this with somebody this week sit down, I'm, I plan on talking with our kids this week about it, and just having conversations about this this week. Good Friday is coming and have those conversations with, with, with your family, with friends and, and as we celebrate this, as we go into uh, Saturday and then Sunday, we have Resurrection Sunday. Um, I'm going to say something about that real, real quick. <laughs> and I'm but for the last few years, we've had um, the church. It seems too many times the church we um, we make a bigger thing out of things, not realizing that a lot of those things have already been defeated, and a lot of those things have already been swallowed up. I, so growing up, I, I I grew up in in the different churches, and we. Had Easter Sunday. There's been a lot of people these days, you say Easter Sunday and they go, oh, and it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing. You can't say Easter. You can't say this. Oh my gosh, that's pagan. That's this. And it's funny because I didn't know it was pagan until Christians told me it was. Because even if it was a pagan day or it might have been a pagan holiday at once, everything that I was taught about. Even the, the vision of the Easter bunny, even the vision of the eggs and all that. Everything I was taught about, there was nothing pagan about it. Because, you know what? Christ had swallowed up that religion so point that there was no view or vision of paganism at all. <laughs> An egg was, the when I was growing up, the eggs wasn't the the Ishtar bunny and all that. The egg was, it was a treasure that the Lord had laid. This lets me know that Christ is in everything in this world. He is conquered it he has went inside of every single thing and I never once I never once heard that not one time did I hear anybody tell me oh this is the blah, blah, whatever it was but Christ had so swallowed that up and I'm not saying that people that still have that and use and we got to work our way through that I understand but know and understand we are not running from the enemy the enemy has been swallowed up he is being conquered. And nowhere in, that I know of that the word Easter is celebrated as a pagan holiday, it is, matter of fact, and even, I'm just going to say this too, even Christmas, we say that oh, was a Christmas holiday, but the word Christmas actually meant Christ mass. That was a mass that they took over a pagan holiday and it became Christian. It became Christian, and there was a lot of these different things now. And, and people say, like, oh, well, they did this, and they did that, and they, they begin to celebrate. And, and my thing of it is, when we begin to see all these celebrations, everything that I did the Christmas tree was not a celebration of some God or some other thing, but the Christmas tree was, we, what, who, what did we always put on top of the Christmas tree? And a star of David or an angel. The angel always was told us, if it was an angel, it says, this is the angel that came, and it says, tonight in Jerusalem is born among you a Savior. The star of David, the David up there that says that the bright and shining star is coming to this world. This is a a time that we celebrate. This is a time that even at one of the most pagan holidays, and you look at it, yeah, it was wild. But that holiday came about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the power. We celebrate that he is is literally... reconciling the world back to him. He said, y'all have had crazy practices, but let's make it about what it really was about. Because you're worshiping something that you don't even know what you're worshiping, and really what you're doing is crying out, I need something to worship. And God says, you've had something to worship from the beginning, and it's built in you to worship. You've just kind of gone off track a little bit. Let's bring you right back, and let's make it about Christ. And so this is what God is doing in this day and age is is. There's a lot of things that we've, we've, we've kind of gone out, and that's okay. It's a journey. We've, we've learned these things. We've done these things. But we're coming back to going, man, God, you weren't thrown by any of that. You haven't been dethroned by any of that. As a matter of fact, you keep reaching, and you keep teaching people, and we have churches that are having these huge events, and people are coming, and they're hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think it's one of the most beautiful things in the world and it proves to us and it shows us the power of what God is wanting to do. And if he says, if if you think I can do that during that time, what can I do right now? What can I do right now? That was a church, that was a, a time, an ancient time that we've seen that God has done that. And we look at our lives and say, God, what are you wanting to invade today? But what are our religious systems that we have today that you're wanting to invade? What is it that we see? We're seeing God come into everything. We're seeing God come into the entertainment industry, to businesses, to to whatever it is. I mean you can't I, I love in this area, there's several people that I know of that have ministries that have to do with bow hunting, with fishing, with outfitting, with camping, with hiking. And they're they're taking people into the mountains, enjoying things, enjoying the fish, and and sharing a message with them. It's, it is one of the most amazing things that I, I can see right now that it, literally everything is, is beginning to increase. The government, the, the increase and in the peace of this government will know no end. Man, anybody got anything else to say? That's, that's all I got to say. What else? Man. I keep wanting to say Decorations. I'll let Ronnie. Ronnie, you lead us in our declarations.